This is a low-key episode. This is a low-key episode. Well, we did almost a two-hour episode last time, so that's fine to have, like, a little... little. We've done some pretty big episodes, so it's nice that we're going to have, like, a, a little little calmer episode, a little, uh, something a little, a little smoother than... That. It's not as big as the other were. Okay. Did you guys know yeah. that, like, harbor seals can mimic human vocalizations? Arf, no, arf. Now. Yeah, there was, like, this seal called Hoover, and, like... Apparently, he was rescued by this guy with a very thick New England accent who would go like, Hoover, Hoover, come over here, come over here. And so, like, Hoover the seal, he got too big for the family, so they, like, donated him to the New England Aquarium. And, like, Hoover got there, and then, like, he would say in, like, a very thick New England accent, Hoover, come over here, come over here. Hoover, come over here. <laughs> he would also awesome. catcall, he would, he would catcall women. Yeah. Awesome. Pure. <laughs> very New England. Males. And that seal? You know what that seal would grow up to be? Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan. Welcome to Bad <laughs> Yeah, baby! <laughs> well, it's over and over. Oh, 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 who is introducing that? Josiah, do you want to do it or me? I don't really want to, I'll be honest. But if you guys want me to, I'll do it. You know? May I? May I do it? Because we actually Finch and I had a bit planned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, I think it is about time for a fill opener. Gotcha. Yeah, baby. I mean, it's almost Valentine's Day. You cannot deny me any longer, Jackal. Though you, though you may strain against my influence, I am far too powerful. I, All right, Phil. I, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna fucking remember this. I'm gonna remember this. Jackal uh, will remember this. All right, Phil. All right, Phil. Let's go get for us it. going. Go. Do it. All right. So, you're in a dark room. There's the curtains are drawn, and you can hear the. Subtle beeping of a heart rate monitor. You walk into the room, and there is a there is a young woman, uh, decimated by the rigors of what can only be radiation poisoning, lying in the bed, sickly, skinny, losing hair. This person is Finch, who has sadly come under the horrible influence of what can only be described as uh stan poisoning <laughs> she is just her body racked by the discourse mm. the knowledge <laughs> this horrible knowledge of the activities of famous people defending a mr joseph rogan she goes quietly into the night as her ravaged body must survive another day. And then, several city blocks away, three intrepid vigilantes, all dressed like Daredevil because the costume was on sale, are sitting in the office of a man, shrouded in mystery. What are we doing here, fellas? Let's start with Josiah Sutton. Oh, God. What am I doing? Uh, yeah, I... What, what are we doing in this mysterious... This mysterious man's office with a intimidating aura and a and a sheen and bald head. Um, 
I I'm here to to beg uh you to pay attention to the Midwest. The Midwest is important. Um and then I'm <laughs> ushered out immediately. <laughs> and uh Jackal, what are what are you doing in this this mysterious man who must be some sort of kingpin of crime? Uh what what are you doing in this man's office? Jackal you're muted, Jekyll. I, oh, I, I was, I was just going to interrogate him about where the Joker was. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, I'm, I'm here for that. I don't know about what you guys are here for. I'm, but like, I'm, I'm here to interrogate him about what, like, the Joker's getting up to at the water plant. <laughs> and finally, myself, who is uh, defending the honor of his friend, who is laid up in bed. Uh, any quotes about how sick you are, Finch? Uh, please tell yeah. us how sick you are. Yeah, no, I come into the room. Uh, I'm still in bed, of course. I'm being I'm being wheeled in by uh, <laughs> by crack addicted Chestertons. Two two Chestertons just pushing the bed. I thought you were just a Dilf Chesterton. <laughs> well, yes, that also. <laughs> They're addicted to crack, uh, and I, I, I just slowly take the CPAP off of my off of my nose. I'm like. I know. I know the truth, Mr. Rogan. And no. I just put it back on. <laughs> no, it can't be. And uh, as we're all sitting there, uh, me, Philip. Oh, shit, my last. Bleep that out. Me, Philip, the boy in the daredevil costume, uh, becomes insolent and, uh, and begins to scream. Is it, is it really you, Mr. Rogan? You monster. And yes, the 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 seat the the uh the gamer chair containing the body of Joe Rogan swivels around as he states that he is not only the uh the the podcaster king of crime uh who is punishing us <laughs> dissenting podcasters for our insolence. Uh he also just thinks Mammonberg is generally unfunny and is just like there to ridicule us. Welcome to Mammonberg, everybody. Uh, he's right about Welcome it. Welcome to Mammonberg. Now, I would, I'm going to push back on that. I think that if that, that may be the case, but if any of us was on the podcast, he would do the same. Uh, shit, that's wild, man. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I think that that, Joe Rogan, I think invite that, us that on be, your podcast. Yeah, we're going Joe, on Joe Rogan. Me, <laughs> hey, well, we're already Joe in Rogan, his office. I mean, for me, Joe Rogan, I need you to get your. Recording equipment out. Get JB to do whatever the fuck he does on your show. I have uh, all right. To start this out. I've never listened to a Joe Rogan episode before, nor do I plan to. <laughs> I don't. I haven't either. I don't even uh, know what he sounds like. I, I had a coworker at a job who had listened to him, like in the kitchen. So I've heard a little bit. I mean, it's not like it's it's a podcast. Yeah. I've seen. I've seen. I've listened to clips of his podcast, but I just it is what I, it is. I, I've listened to clips of his podcast and when people are talking about the the fucking idiots that he has on his podcast. Yeah. Um, like that he keeps bringing out Alex Jones or fucking Jordan Peterson or any other number yeah. of fucking wild people. And then, like this is the, the thing where I don't really have any I've listened to clips of it. I don't have any desire to listen to to like the full thing. There's nothing in my life that would be my life is not going to be bettered by watching Joe Rogan. I, it's, I'm I, not gonna get no, anything out of it. No, and, and I would say the thing that the like the clips that circulate on Twitter and shit, um, like kind of give you a 
I don't know, an impression that isn't fully true is that it's all just like insane the whole time when the reality is it's actually kind of just a boring show most yeah. of the time. And then there's like 10 minutes of him saying something batshit like somewhere in the middle. And then that's what get pulled out. It's really just kind of a boring like, uh, you know, so what do you uh, what do you do? So no. are we going to talk about why we're talking about Joe Rogan? Yeah, we probably yeah, we, we prob- that's probably a good idea. Though I, I will say, uh, I think that uh, it's very impressive that Goon number 50 was able to start a successful podcast oh, after yeah. getting punched in the bat by the Batman uh, for the 100th <laughs> time. I think we should all give him props for that. Uh, so right yeah. now I want to reenact uh, a delicious little like Jordan Peterson moment. Because uh, oh, so, he's on, you know, he's on the podcast from time to time. He had a pretty frequent guest. Uh, so, uh, everybody, hi, it's uh, me, Jordan Peterson. Uh, so, Mr. <laughs> Joe Rogan, uh, do, do you understand? Uh, it, it is quite surprising that uh, King Kong has such a momentous uh, status in the films, although if you really look at him, uh, he is not quite that large of an ape. Relatively speaking. Uh, and then Joe Rogan basically is like, I-, I don't know, he seems pretty big to me. And then uh, from there it's just like, well, I, maybe uh, big for a great ape, but uh, not particularly big for a, for a big monster. You know, I, lo- I love how this has nothing, nothing to this do with the- <laughs> This is, I, so I think that, I think I, I just felt synapses in my brain die. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of I what their know. conversations sound like, though. Like, you know, if yeah, you've ever yeah. wanted to listen to a Joe Rogan episode, y- you just did. We should let's let's no explain. More with the roast. Yeah, let's okay. explain exactly why are we talking about Joe Rogan? Uh, okay. Wh- so, okay, the yeah, if everybody's Joe been Rogan living been... under a rock, yeah, <laughs> or so, you, or you're like a same person that's not online. Uh, yeah, that, in which case, also... then <laughs> why then, are you listening uh, to the show? <laughs> that's a good question. Why are you listening to the show? You know why they're listening to the show, Giselle? Because uh, that, like, they're they're one of your friends that are not online, but they listen probably, to your podcast. That's, that's too. That's why they're listening. So if you're listening to that, uh, I'm sorry, but we got to get into this for a moment. So okay, Joe Rogan um, is in the news because he's had some vaccine denial shit. Um, quite a bit on his show. It's gone from like vaccine skepticism to vaccine denialism uh, shit. Like, do you remember that that Instagram thing that he did about how he got COVID? He's been taking ivermectin. Yeah, uh, yeah. How could you forget? Although it was like a million years ago. He was. He looked like a sweaty potato. Uh, but every like it, since then, um, there's been some, and he's had. He's always had some absolute shitheads on his podcast from the likes of Gavin Ge- Gavin McGinnis, the founder of the Proud Boys, to mm. um, to Jordan Peterson, to uh, just about, like he he's had a lot of people on the far like not just like people who would you know serve as like your your gateway drug to the far right like Jordan Peterson is like you have people that are outright like that started like like uh like fascist gangs like Gavin McGinnis on there um, yeah yeah and you've also had the likes of Alex Jones um a complete another uh fucking monster uh who uh has now been found uh in I think it's not contempt uh it's because he 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 was defaulted by Lyle. by uh two of mm-hmm. his no he was defaulted on two of his lawsuits because he didn't do shit to 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 actually give them the evidence that they wanted 
from mm-hmm. the Sandy Hook, um, the uh, the Sandy Hook lawsuits, uh, because yeah. he doesn't. He's he, Alex Jones is a monster, and I think as someone who probably believes in demons the least among in this podcast, I think Alex Jones is an example of of a demonic individual, and uh, Joe, and um, Joe Rogan is best friends with him. Uh, well, and only, also, yeah, let, let, I'm, do my intro. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> So that's that, and so that that's um where this is coming from, and uh, I think it was was it Neil Young that basically said Neil Young that, uh, pulled yeah pulled his stuff. Uh, he pulled his music from Spotify, saying if you're gonna have Sp- uh, Joe Rogan on there uh, spreading misinformation, then I I don't want my music on there. It should also be noted that Neil Young is a survivor of polio. <laughs> So he has some opinions about vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're well, not going to take it. It's it's turning definitely into just kind of like a like a culture war spectacle. Yeah, this this is ballooned uh, out of control. I um, want to note though that I that uh, um Joe Rogan has said some absolutely awful awful disgusting shit about trans people. So oh, we'll yeah, keep, sure. no matter what keep this in mind. You should not cry. It like also he's fucking rich from Spotify. That is, there's no, yeah. there's he he has said some awful no, awful shit he, about, about trans fine. people. Yeah, he yeah, has said no. uh, like shit about like I remember there was something where he said that if you wear a mask, you're like that invalidates your masculinity or some stupid shit like that. They got yeah. COVID. Uh, right. Um. But yeah, we should just yeah we should talk about how this is sort of ballooned into crazy. Yeah. Crazily. It, on Twitter. This is all I've been seeing on the TL. <laughs> a lot of celebrities showed their ass this week and have decided to cancel themselves faster than I've ever seen. Uh, you love to see it. I love to see it. One after I have another. brain damage. Supreme I don't love to cancellation. See it. Another one. Another one. Another, another one. one. Uh, Joe Rogan. He is who he is. And yes, uh, Jackal is correct. He has some very bad, uh, he's, he's hosted some bad people, has very bad takes, uh, interviews people who have bad, uh, who've had misinformation. He did in the past, like, interview people like Bernie Sanders and stuff like that, but yeah, he is the guy who is spreading, or he is, you know, using his platform to bring on people who spread information. Now, I've done a little bit of digging, into this, into this gentleman, um, and found out a few things. One is that he is a very, very big celebrity following. Very big. So here are some of the known followers he has. Uh, Chris Pratt, Riley Keough, Katy Perry, Camilla Cabello, The Rock, Jared Padalecki, Miles Teller, Jason Momoa, which I was surprised about, but he might That's just... the only surprising one to me yeah. so far, to be yeah. honest. Tom, mm-hmm. um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Kevin James, and Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. All of those um, except for Jason Momoa are, surpri- are not surprising yeah. to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa just might follow him because a bunch of other people follow him. I don't know. I um, would expect that. I, I don't get the vibe that Jason Momoa listens to his podcast. <laughs> right, 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 right. I think it might just be one like one of those marketplace of I- ideas things. Um, but, like, did I also mention Miles Teller follows him? You did, yeah. Okay. Um, I just, no, I just find that very interesting, is that Joe Rogan has so many star followers, I suppose. Because it means he can be easily rehabilitated, I guess. I, 
I don't think I, I don't think that's surprising because the dude has been like a presence in like like uh media for a while. Like he hosted Fear Factor, mm. he was a commentator on um he was a commentator on MMA. Uh, we should this should have been an episode that we got Kyle on. He he would oh, be yeah. able to to, to talk about some, the MMA stuff, yeah. To talk about the I don't know if he watched like uh Rogan because for what I know, Rogan actually is a very good commentator for MMA. Um, that's yeah, like when yeah. I've, I've, that's the, the, the times where I've, I'm familiar with Rogan because of that and because of, uh, the, the, like fear factor. Cause that was, if that was a huge thing in the early two thousands was fear factor. Um, so that, that's like what my familiarity with Rogan pre podcast was, mm-hmm. um, and like, he's kind of a meathead, uh, well, not kind of, he is, but that's ostensibly like, yeah. So he's been like a presence in media for a while. And when you're like a person that if you host a TV show, you know, a lot of people in, in Hollywood that, that is not a, that's not a surprise that he, that he either is friends with or is acquaintances with a lot of big people in Hollywood because he was a yeah. commentator on one of the biggest combat uh, sports in currently, you know, within our society and, uh, and the boxing's better. Um, and, uh, and he also like a, a, a TV show that was extremely popular in the early two thousands. And he, and also double that down. He has a massive podcast, which millions of people listen to for reasons that confuse me. Again, I don't know what is, I don't get what, what is, I don't get the appeal. Well, um, well, well, we're going to go into that. Yeah. Dumb guy, smart guy. I is really, this is, well, I think the main question we should be asking right now. And what we should discuss mm-hmm. is like, why do people trust him over MSM? Yeah, because well, and, yeah, yeah, and like it's easy to just say, "Oh, these people are malicious actors." Yes, but I feel like there are also underlying factors. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, F- Finch and I were talking about this off mic before we started here because I don't know. There's something about the fact that I, I think people don't trust the establishment media obviously uh anymore uh for good and bad reasons combined um and then in general people i seem to want something that feels like it critiques institutions or it's like anti-establishment in some way Mm -hmm. and while i think that the type of anti-establishment stuff in joe rogan just ends up reinforcing the establishment i think that people yeah do flock to more and more of that kind of alternative media because they are dissatisfied with the kind of traditional narrative about what's happening with you know well i i think you know issue yeah um i mean going to fisher i think we have to look at the term anti-capitalist capitalist here as well yeah it's the idea of people being anti-establishment while not being able to reflect upon themselves and saying that they're part of the establishment yeah, and that's that's part of the reason I think a lot of these right wingers really mm-hmm. like to say anti elite rather than anti like capitalist or anti bourgeois or whatever because right. elite they they, they kind of like like to dissolve um dissolve it into a culture thing like you have like the masses versus the elite culturally and you know the the elite they like art house film and reading great literature and the masses like you know, Walmart t-shirts. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like how it's framed. But then what, what that ends up being is like, I don't know, some, some uh, like, student loan drowning person 
you know, who has mm-hmm. like an English degree doesn't count as the the you know <laughs> the, the the masses. Well, like some guy, like like lots of rich people have terrible taste. <laughs> right. you know oh, yeah, I mean, I mean have, well, I, I mean, mean, you gotta. We can point is... to our, our we can point to our former wettest president, Donald well, Trump, and, and for tr- his Trump for his Trump played in, into this in, perfectly because he was he, a, he was the populist anti elite figure by like yeah, the, put, you know, b- putting all the McDonald's burgers out on like a book, like he was that. But like, think about, but you know, with no Marxist material analysis, when it's just about culture signifiers, then like y- you know, y- y- you end up thinking that Trump is not the establishment when he he is the establishment you know i mean we got this is like i think something that like people don't talk about is just the anti-establishment um elite and well, updating on a well, previous story that we've had phil hang on updating on a previous story we had with like the whole uh you know aaron Rodgers shailene willie controversy mm-hmm. um because I, I i gave you my theory about this josiah is that you know they came out with an article which was, uh, you know, these two, they love each other, but they agree to disagree about politics. Which one was a very good business decision on her part. Because it shifted the narrative from her being accused of being an anti-vaxxer to her being a sellout. Which is far easier to recover. But, um, you know, people were like, well, what do they, what do they agree on? What do they disagree on? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, um, you know I, I, I was doing a little bit of spoo- sleuthing around sports Twitter after the Super Bowl. And I saw that Rogers liked a tweet. And it was, I forget if it was by Peterson or somebody else, but it was like, this is what the establishment fears. All of us rising up together. And at the moment that I saw this tweet, it became very, 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 very clear to me what they agree on. And that is that they are both anti-establishment. But they are both anti-establishment in two different ways. So she is a Bernie Sanders anti-establishment, which, you know... It's the same thing of like how Rosario Dawson likes Jordan Peterson, but mm. she's like you know the you know hippy dippy anti-establishment, and he is an anti-establishment person on more of the right, on the libertarian right. Yeah, which he, which you are, know we we can we can say just to clarify that although somebody anti-establishment on the right still feeds the establishment, we we right, all agree exactly. on that, but aesthetically right, right, right. it looks anti-establishment. Right. Right. I think. Well, I mean, I think technically, something... you can say that rich progressives are also feeding the establishment. But... I think that's something that you can you can broadly. Are. I think that's something that you can broadly say about sort of like why why you have like people that you think wouldn't agree, either defending or standing uh, Joe Rogan. Who I want to put. I don't think Joe Rogan actually has any political opinions. I think no. that Joe Rogan is a fucking moron. That no. he's the he's the he he's a dumb guy who likes to think that he's smart. And because of that, he'll just say shit. That's what I think. And that he'll just sort of—he's a sponge. Um, oh yeah. yeah, no, he genuinely one hundred percent believes in everything he says. I don't think he's a—he's like Tucker Carlson who spews bullshit. No, I don't. And I—I I don't want I Okay, let me clarify. I don't think that he's like Tucker Carlson. I think that he's a moron. That he just yeah. kind of says dumb shit, and then like, but if someone says something. If someone says something that he will think is profound, he's like, oh, shit, yeah, you're right. So, okay, I I need to mention something Joe Rogan did recently. Within the recent past, and I think this illustrates what you guys are talking about. So, Joe Rogan reiterated recently this, um, this quote that goes something like this, where it's like, you know, it's the, the, you know, 
hard men create good times, then uh, good times create soft men. It, you know that that <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's from a post-apocalyptic novel from like the past ten years. That's like it's not a direct quote from like any like philosopher or any philosopher, historian, etc. It's a quote from a book. It's a book, and it's not a particularly good book either. It's like basically like a post-apocalyptic fiction novel that like existed somewhere within the past decade and what's fascinating about it is that joe rogan instantly like latched on to this this is the quote this is the thing that like makes the most sense you know this is Uh like genius and he starts like espousing it and obviously he doesn't know where this quote came from because he's an idiot he doesn't know how to research things and he doesn't particularly care i don't think Mm mm-hmm so what ended up happening is that he's espousing this, like, this quote that, like, is vacantly meaningless. Like, it, it's very, like, it doesn't mean anything. Like, obviously, it, it not only, like, this is a narrative that, like, people have espoused throughout history. Julius Caesar himself espoused this to get elected. Like, it, it's a very common political rhetorical tool, like, especially... For people who are like, we got to get the tough guys. We got to return to like this this tough state of society that really never existed yeah, under well, like any regime because mm-hmm. there were always kinks and like the hardest of men don't really exist. But Jordan Peter, like Jordan Peterson, obviously would probably agree with it. That's why he uh, likes him so mm-hmm. much. But there, there is this, like, tomfoolery that I can only describe as, like, absolute idiocy. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's stupidity in its, like, finest form. I, he doesn't I think care. That, I think that's something that has really got to be about all of this is that it, I am confused. Not confused. I get, it's, I'm more perplexed. Yeah, it's the same thing. I, it's just, I, I don't. We've said we've said like why why exactly Rogan would have like why he's kind of in a lot of ways more trusted than sort of like mainstream me than you know like the mainstream media which is not to defend the mainstream media in any way <laughs> at all but there's still something that like I I still it still gets me like how can you listen to this dude like I've just listened to clips and I can't yeah. help but just, well, just think that this dude is like a useful I, idiot. I, 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 I think well, we gotta we got I think we should talk about that because I think there are some ideas here, and it's just like the whole thing that this is like sort of getting blown up. I, I mean, like finish your thought, Jackal, because I think that we um, I think all of us have some theories about this, but and I, I want to hear it, what your been, thoughts are. It's been said before. Basically, I think to get I, I guess like to get sort of like my view here. I think that. Uh, that Rogan is a he's a useful idiot for a lot of these people, which is why they go on his show in the first place. Mm. Um, because he'll just it seems that he'll just like agree with with whoever is talking to him in that moment, whether it's Bernie Sanders or w- anyone on the left. Which if you notice, there's not a lot of people on the left. Like, I, correct me if I'm wrong. He's never done an episode with someone like Slavo Zizek or or like any sort of like the sort of like pop pop philosophers on on the left right i don't well, you see don't jackal know. that's that's know. partially because um my assumption there like why he's never had slavoj zizek is because joe rogan quite overtly has a working relationship with jordan peterson 
And uh, it's very clear. Jake embarrassed Jordan Peterson. Well, and, and yeah, what, he what embarrassed would, him publicly. So what I would also yeah. say is there's probably an aspect of like progressive figures not wanting to touch it, um, partially because of the backlash. So do you remember how like like because I was I was on the Bernie like doing volunteering with the Bernie campaign when he went on Joe Rogan, right? And I had to deal with like the fallback of college kids that were trying to cancel Bernie. Because he went on Rogan, which which is stupid to me because Bernie was trying to reach people and it's good that he was trying to do it that way. But, you know, because of that reaction, I think that most people who have a career talking about progressive politics, you know, wouldn't touch Joe Rogan with a with a 10 foot pole. Um, I, I think with, I, I want to well, say this is why we I should understand. talk about the reaction. Too, but go. But I go, think, go, Fitch, go ahead, I think I, I do understand the reaction though, because Jordan, like, uh, sure, because Joe Rogan will platform. Okay, do you guys know what Coast to Coast AM is? Say it again. Do you know what Coast to Coast AM is? Uh yes. Okay. Uh, for those who don't know, Coast to Coast AM was and is uh sort of a, a particularly famous uh talk radio show where they talk about like aliens and conspiracy theories and all that other. Uh, bullshit like but it's the most famous one which is the comparison of the video uses art bell art bell would have people odd with the most wild bullshit theory oh art bell the famous like paranormal like shock jock yeah 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 art bell what he would do is that he would have these people on and he would never push on anything that they said he would not even to like to to like or not overtly or subtly he would just have them on um, and never challenged him on anything that uh, on anything that that he said uh, on anything that they said ever. He w- and this is something that I think Rogan does. I don't think he does this intentionally. I just think that he's an idiot. Is that yeah. he that I don't think by he not has pushing the back? Yeah, I don't think he has the ability to debate. I think. Which is why he shouldn't have a show where he has the people that he has on. Sure. He should have a show where he talks about MMA and people punching each other in the face. I think that he could do that well. But I think that the reason why I'm using the Art Bell thing is that he, when you never challenge a batshit guest like that, what you will do is that you will mainstream, you're making what they believe more socially acceptable. Not challenging shit that these people believe in is bad. Um, if you're going to talk to them, which there's a debate if you should even talk to some of the people that that uh, that Rogan has had on. Like Rogan's had on Ben Shapiro, uh, Tim Dillon, Gavin McGinnis, uh, fucking billionaires like Elon Musk, uh, other weird fucking right, Alex Jones. Like, t- like he doesn't, he just goes with it and never challenges, which goes to the, to the thing that you were saying, Fitch, is that he doesn't, he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to debate. He doesn't know how to push back on anything. Uh, it's he, and because of that, Rogan is someone who either intentionally or not. I think that there's some intention because I think that there is. This is going to be somewhat contradictory to what I said earlier, but I think that Joe Rogan is kind of a kind of like a right libertarian guy in a lot of ways, where he's he's a guy who likes smoking weed, but he also has some pretty pretty uh, socially conservative beliefs um, that he doesn't really he doesn't seem to ever want to be challenged or or really challenge them himself like he doesn't think about why does he believe these things uh so because of that he's someone who who platforms and doesn't push back on fucking create these fucking morons um and because of that can only be generously described as craven dunces 
Yeah, that's if we're being if we're being nice. Um, it's and so that serves as a way of legitimizing and mainstreaming them. And you also have on the flip side, he will have people that will that are normal. He'll have like so when you have both normal like guests that he usually has, um, which are either writers or like not insane philosophers or people that are really into drugs or any of that other stuff, and you have people like that, that serves as a way to mainstream and make it seem that these beliefs are at all similar when they're not. Uh, no, I agree with that, Jackal. I definitely do. I just, I, I'm just thinking about, like, your, you know, your inquiry. Because I know you're confused about why people are attracted to him. And I, uh, I just think that the mainstream media, and I, and I want to paraphrase this by saying this is not a defense of Joe Rogan, okay? Joe Rogan mm-hmm. is not a smart dude, and he has said some very bad shit, and he has platformed some very bad people. But at, but at the same time, I'm just sort of thinking about the culture of MSM and how we're sort of, I don't know, how they've gotten people to double down on this guy and have all this faith in this guy. And, you know, I, I've, I've given, I think, Josiah some of my theories about that in that, one, people see MSM as, a, as, a, um, as the elites. Two, a lot of journalists have very elitist ways of speaking and interacting to people. Like, it's very easy to just dismiss people and say, well, this guy's an idiot, this guy's, you know, this guy's a bad actor, blah blah blah, and not understanding, like, what the circumstances are for them to get that way. And, like, I'm not saying, like, you should do that with, like, you know, fascists or anybody like that, but, like, okay, why do you trust this guy, why do you trust this guy more than that guy? Okay, it can't just be that this guy is an idiot and a bad actor. There's gotta be other factors here. And, like, Phil, you brought up a very good point that there are, like, I don't know the exact the exact words you use that you were, because you're in the field of journalism, and you said you were very tired of, like, these, you know, very liberal journalists making articles into their pet projects. Like, talk about that a little bit. Okay, so now that I'm officially pursuing journalism in a degree capacity, there's this, there's this feeling that they want to drill into your head that, like, all, like, all news, all articles are basically apolitical. You can't, you have to be, like, an avenue for people's opinions about things. However, anybody who has ever read any publication ever in the modern day knows that that is just a bold-faced lie. Mm-hmm. Like, people have these opinions, and the thing about, like, you know, these these liberals who, like, talk about these things uh, is that they're, like, basically binarily incapable of engaging with it in any, like, meaningful way. So what ends up happening is that we, like, circle around these issues and we never really, like, understand culturally, you know, what these issues are supposed to relate to systemically. And what also happens is that, like, when I worked as a waiter, people basically would just, like, whenever they were talking about a publication of any kind, they would go on a long, like, a small, long-winded rant about how X publication is too liberal uh, you know, it's biased, all news is biased, and that they couldn't trust it. They would, like, kind of get, like, they, because they would read, like, things like Bloomberg, and then they would tell me that, like, oh, man, maybe Bloomberg should run for president after reading Bloomberg, which is very funny. But they would say these things, and they would, like, kind of hold these contradictory beliefs, where on one hand they'd say news is too biased, but they also read the news that they were biased towards anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So it's basically like this this disregard for it's this disregard for general media, and I think this has become more of a problem where people just hate they hate journalists because journalists just can't get to the like the nitty gritty. They can't really state what we would describe as like objective material facts about things. They always dance around it in a sort of strange way. Uh, like recently, I led to an article. I read an article for my journalism class. Like we had to post articles about things, and I read the I read the one for the anti-abortion march, and it's just so strange how like it's it's basically like when you read it, it's broken up into you don't know what the journalist is trying to say, but you get the idea that they're just like kind of floating in and out. But like the very notion that they're giving these people a platform you know, to say things, and that they quote them directly, and they're like, well, this is just what the person said. You know, that's not non-ideological. Not, it's removed whatever their ideological, like, whatever their, per like, personal ideological presuppositions are. Uh, almost doesn't matter, but you can also see that it, it does go into their work. They're not being non-ideological like they'd have you believe. They're being ideological. It's just that, you know, they're, what they're doing is that, like, they believe that, like, being an avenue for someone else's bad politics is the way journalism should work. And it leads to, like, this, this general distrust of the media, because that's inherently distrustful. When you read something and you're like, you know, they're talking about an issue, and someone's like, well... And they never just get to it, you know? They never say, well, this is bad, or this is good, or... You know, they don't make any moral judgments about it themselves, but by virtue of, you know, being a writer for a publication, they're making some sort of, like, judgment claim about the news, about what is being said. You know, they're applying a moralistic framework just by writing about it. And even if they try to become as, like, apolitical as possible, even if they try to write this entire article that's just like simply about something uh there's going to be a moral judgment on it like if you write an article about vaccines that's talking about vaccines being more available in x community people are going to be like well this person likes vaccines obviously obviously they do because they wouldn't be writing about like how they're spreading amongst this community uh if they didn't agree with the ideological presupposition that like vaccines are a net good thing because that's just how like ideology works is that it could be as subtle as that but, like, that's an ideological position. It's a true ideological position by accounts of, like, 99% of the same people who are living and breathing. But also, like, you know, that's a judgment claim on account of a journalist. And it's why people, I think, have an inherent distrust, an inherent distaste for journalism and journalists. Not only because journalists take stands every day, like they do, but, like, they're also unwilling... Most journalists, especially for big publications like the New York Times, are never really fully willing to commit to things, but espouse ideological presuppositions anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And I guess circling back to the, uh, the non-establishment establishment, I think that we, all four of us, I, I, maybe it was like earlier for you guys, but I think that the major blackpilling for me about the uh, mainstream media, as an avenue for the establishment, for the elite, was during Bernie Sanders' 2016 campaign. And then after that, Bernie Sanders' 2020 campaign. I don't know if you guys remember the oh, CNN yeah. Oh, yeah. 
banner that said, can coronavirus and Bernie Sanders be stopped? Basically, yeah, yeah. you know, comparing him to this pandemic. Yeah. They worked overtime to kill his campaign twice. Yeah, I think my and- my disillusionment with the mainstream media happened early. It, it happened, oddly enough, it happened during the uh, it happened during the beginning parts of the of the Trump campaign from uh, from CNN because at that time I was we, we were you know, it was a liberal standard lib and so we watched CNN um, right and something was the way of like how the fuck are you like there was something there was a moment where I just felt so dissatisfied the way that they were covering things of like you're saying this is bad but the way that you're like what why you're saying it's bad is not why it's bad um, and I think that that was sort of like my beginning point of like. I don't think I, I think there's something wrong here. Um, and then like the, the 2020, um, oh, 2020, um, the, uh, the, yeah, the, the 2020 election, like the, like Bernie's campaign there. Yeah, no, that really pushed it. Um, but I think that like overall though, like there, it's a conceited effort because overall, like the mainstream media benefits from, from, from the status quo. And so any change in the status quo means a change is scary, especially mm-hmm. if you're someone that benefits from the status quo. This is why something that we were talking about uh, off mic before was about wh- why you don't have a lot of uh, white uh, white people. When they're talking about liberation theology, a lot of white people don't read James Cone because James Cone is talking about them. It's not removed mm-hmm. from, it's not like how if you read uh, Gutierrez, Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it is, there's a removal it's over there in South America. Like, if there's a removal, there's a cultural removal that you can fit that will benefit you. Like, this is not talking about, about me. I don't have to feel uncomfortable, but with cone, the explicit purpose is making you uncomfortable. It is talking about you, your position in the society and the, and the, the benefits that you've gotten from, from it and the, the benefits that you have in this, in, in, in white supremacy. I, uh, here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie it a little bit, just a broader thing, because I I have a handful of contradictory thoughts about the Joe Rogan stuff, and I think it's kind of related. Um, so I think the mainstream media, you're right, feeds off the status quo. And I think one aspect of the status quo is lots of discourses that are really materially about nothing. And so the thing is, the status quo, for the mainstream media, I don't believe it's just like a main line or like a like a straight line, just like keep things calm. I think it is chaos, but chaos about like immaterial things constantly. So, you know, it was mm-hmm. never fully, you know, the mainstream media was never fully freaking out about Trump's like policies per se. I mean, they were, but not as much. It was more like he was mean. And so that, you know, we could keep this just kind of chaos. Like the, the mainstream media loved Trump. They, I mean, they, they, they loved yeah. because they could hate him, right? It was really easy to just kind of keep this discourse going, constantly spiraling. And so that's, that's how part of a, a partially I, I approached the Joe Rogan thing because I do, I do agree Joe Rogan's bad. Um, but I, I kind of see this like, what I'm really disenchanted with is that politics has come to a point that we aren't having conversations about like what does the existence of spotify mean to musicians and the creation of art or what do you know the this continue commodification like 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 uh monopolization of 
of art, you know, what, what does that mean? It's all we have is we can come to go, like go to daddy and demand, please take off the bad guy. That's like, that's all we can do politically anymore. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's even worse because I don't think the people pulling their music from Spotify are necessarily doing clean motivation either. Um, I, I think it's partially they're, they're pulling it and maybe this isn't not clean, but it's because Spotify screws them out of money. And so I think they're not even making that much money from Spotify anyway, because what I'm seeing this spiraling into on more like music, like the side of my identity that's more, you know, around a lot of musicians is that they're, they're jumping in on this discourse, but it's, they don't give a shit about Joe Rogan. It's because finally somebody is pushing back on Spotify for, you know, so like, I kind of wonder to what extent there's just all these other factors to this spiraling thing that just don't really have anything to do with what it seems like it's about. But the media kind of wants to keep this like, you know, free speech conversation going and la di da di da because it's it's uh, a lot of discourse that will probably produce nothing. Um, and it's just uh, fun. You know, it's fun to get mad for a while and take your camp and. I don't know. I, I just I'm I'm pretty disenchanted with this whole conversation. <laughs> well, out, out, outrage clicks sell. I mean, like I I've said this before, and I forget where I read it, but there's the yeah. idea of how the media is able to like get different actors to double down and like yeah. cycle controversy, and then have those two groups sort of get angrier and angrier at each other, and then produce more more content and more interaction because these groups are now so angry at each other, and we're seeing that with with this 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 Joe Rogan shit and. I don't know. Joe Rogan is not a good actor. No, but like the media is definitely like, you know, fanning the flames here a little bit. All right, I go ahead. Jackal. That, I don't think that in this debate you have to, it's not something you have to take sides. Like right. this yeah. is, I, I think that you can say, yeah, yeah. Uh, the mainstream media, the way that they go about this shit is dumb uh, and it's harmful. And Joe Rogan is a shithead idiot, bad actor who platforms bad people. And this, I would also point the mainstream media platforms, bad people too. Uh, a lot like fucking the, how many times they did either like look at fox news look at cnn look at like they will put on these insane people there too but i will at least you could at least say i guess they're not as insane they're not as insane as jordan peterson but barely like the, the gap in the conservative um in the conservative mindset at this point there there's very little differentiating between like your standard like republican and what they believe versus like ben shapiro or or uh, mm-hmm. even someone like uh like gavin mcginnis i think that there's a lot of these people that like th- there's not much of a Within like the right wing at the moment in the United States, because I, I can't speak about this in other political contexts, but in the United within North America, because I think you see the same thing in Canada too, because you know we're we have a parasitic relationship. We uh, apparently <laughs> um, is that there's not a lot of variety in in thought in the in the right wing anymore. Um, which is to say, like I don't think that there ever really was, but they would disagree on things because you would have like your your like your libertarian, your right libertarian conservatives who are sort of cool with certain things but also not with others. You have your like religious fundamentalist fascists, uh, you have your uh you've got like th- th- there was a variety of different kinds of of like right-wing beliefs that would fight each other yeah. because mm-hmm. they about this the core ten, ten minutes that they didn't agree with you don't really yeah, have there that were, now that's there were neocons and paleocons and like you know right libertarians and like anarcho-capitalists mm-hmm. and they've all kind of blended into a horrible little like slurry 
they're not it, they don't really like it's not there anymore they don't di- they it's no they don't disagree like that so there's very little separating between so i would say that i think that the mainstream media is as culpable as joe rogan is in platforming horrible people Absolutely. and i think there is a one-sidedness on that but yeah. i will say that that is not again to excuse joe rogan in the least right yeah uh, I, don't, is, I don't think any of us here i think that what that i think that that should serve as an indictment on the mainstream media that's what i think i think that that, that says that yeah. there is if you get down to it i think that the mainstream media and joe rogan are the same thing that's i yeah. think that they are fundamentally the same well, they are doing the same thing they're both yeah there are no good actors in this situation it's like the, it's like yeah. when like fucking rachel maddow brings on Ke- uh henry kissinger and says mr kissinger do you think there should be a war and kissinger is like uh, there should be yeah there should be a war uh fucking iraq has nukes. Um, i i think she- i think j- sorry am i cutting were you got sorry no 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 go, think, go for it we're, we're all interrupting each other a lot this episode i feel bad um <laughs> Ja- We're having uh, ja- a very good debate, though, which is <laughs> yeah. I, I think we yeah we we all kind of like mildly disagree this episode, which is probably yeah. good because instead of us just kind of all circle jerking like we usually do. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, I was gonna say, I think Jackal hit a kind of nice synthesis of the positions there. Um, that I think. I think is a good way to maybe wrap this up because we actually talked about this subject way longer than I thought we would. Um, Though, you know, he was like, you don't have to take a side. And I think that's the thing about the culture war in general is it's intention. It seems like it's really intentionally trying to set you up between are you on Spotify side or, or not Spotify? Are you on like the mainstream liberal media uh, or the side of Joe Rogan? And it's like, no, I'm not on no. any. And right. I, with a lot of these culture war things, they pressure you into feeling like you need to be on somebody's side. And the reality is, is you don't. You don't have to be part of this conversation, which is funny because we've just talked about it for an hour. But you don't have to be part of this conversation. This is a distraction from real politics in a lot of ways. And it is okay to not give a shit. And I think yeah. that's the case with a lot of these freakouts. I, I think there's interesting stuff. You can choose to like explore it and think about it. Like I think we've had a lot of interesting conversation here about how media functions. You know, it's it's not that it's worthless, not to you should think about it, but it is okay when these when they start to just rev up these these controversies over like mm. little Nas X versus, you know, the the Christian right or you know, any stupid thing like this is to step back and go. I don't need to have an opinion about this. This is yeah. not a thing. Like I'm not performing a social duty by giving my two cents about this. Yeah, I think I think the thing we all agree here is is that there are no good actors in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is also a portion of the media's framing of like I don't know, like I don't. This doesn't really have to do with Rogan, but I, I do keep thinking about how the media and the White House has both framed this pandemic as sort of an issue of personal responsibility rather than systemic mm-hmm. failure. Uh, 900,000 people have died in the United States uh, as of February 5th, uh, 2022. Uh, our producer, Alien, can fact-check that for us, but that is what I just read on the faces of COVID twi- uh, Twitter. Um, and I just cannot, I cannot see that as anything other than governmental and systemic failure. 
at its finest. Mm-hmm. The privatized healthcare system, indifference of the White House, um, you know, and then the uh, the the media and the uh, rule, ruling classes attempt to basically shirk off that responsibility and say, well, these people were probably all anti-vaxxers, so they deserve it. And d- and people and people buy into that. There are definitely you know, like K-hivers and stuff like that, who say, ha ha, this person didn't believe in the vaccine, and look, they're dead now, ha ha, let's laugh at that, let's celebrate their deaths. And I don't mm-hmm. know, it's just, I think we're just, you know, we are in a very bad time where there are no good actors, you know? We have mm-hmm. Joe Rogan being <laughs> what he is, you know, I think there's a little hamster wheel in his head with a little hamster in it. Um, I would argue, I don't think that there's a hamster. It's a dead hamster. It's still like it's still going because it just passed out, but it's yeah. like <laughs> it's like oh, it's like those little videos where the hamster gets too tired and then it like stops and like it keeps going. <laughs> That's Joe Rogan's brain. <laughs> no, but but you're you're a thousand percent right because it's just at the what politics has become is we cannot demand please don't let more people die from the government. All we can do is go buy neil young's albums so that he can stick it to spotify for allowing joe rogan to platform disinformation and that's bleak yeah <laughs> yeah uh so yeah the mammonberg consensus Ugh. is that both parties are wrong at the centrist position <laughs> yes which is somehow now the no, radical no, no. position uh no 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 i i would i would now i to um, i i will say should you listen to Joe Rogan? No. Should Probably you watch not. the mainstream media? No. We well, should do. You should listen to Mammonberg. We Mammon- are you should listen idea. to Mammonberg. We're, we're the only reels. Like we're the only yeah. ones who uh, are. We're the, I, I promise. I'm not. I will say this. I am never going to talk to Jordan Peterson. So you can you can trust that. You can trust that. I will totally go on Joe Rogan. Yeah, no, I, I'll, I'll I, know, Joe Rogan. I know you will. I know you will. I I That's, I think that would be so fucking funny. <laughs> there's there's something I think uh, I I think that this is this is just if you go on Joe Rogan one day I'm gonna be so upset I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> oh I mean I mean to be clear I wouldn't go on and be like yeah man you were on the same page I would I would just be trolling him for the whole I'm thing just, you should I'm do just that, imagining though. like Josiah like waking up and it's just like a text in all caps from like a paragraph text in all caps from Jackal just calling him. <laughs> Yeah, the, I, what my my main thing is, I'm trying to begin my you know career as a public figure with career suicide. That's kind of like how I. Yeah. Um, we oh, we spent Lord. a lot of time on that subject, which means I think we need to skip International Space Station, which there wasn't anything to say about that aside from that's just funny. Yeah, yeah they're just gonna crash not, into the ocean. Do not launch the space station on any blue whales. They are endangered, NASA. Yes. I, I, okay, I will keep to keep in mind from from what I had upon further further reading. It is not going to these things like become like artificial reefs when they when they crash at that point. Um, they oh. don't. So that's not. It, it might not. It's not thing. a bad. It's not environmental it, when it it's. When this stuff goes in, uh, goes into uh, Point Nemo, over time, like it gets turned into an artificial reef by these. So it's a, the, the ecosystem is reclaiming it. It's not, it's funny, yes, but there's mm. not 
It's not yeah. another like, oh, you fucking ruined the ocean. Like it's, it's not. It's funny, but it's not bad. No. Right. Uh, yeah. To, to clarify what we're what we were gonna talk about, but we're just gonna quickly go past is that they uh, they when they retire the International Space Station in twenty thirty, they are going to deal with it by crashing it into the ocean to dispose yeah, of it. Mm-hmm. And there's a specific point where they they put a bunch of that stuff called Point Nemo. The reason I thought we could maybe get a conversation out of it, but we're not going to start because I think all of our position is going to be apparent the instant I say this. Part of the reason that they are anticipating retiring the International Space Station is so they can give space exploration over to more private stuff. Because because God doesn't let me have nice things. That's what this is all about. I believe that I... (laughs) I believe I am I am in hell. I think that this I, is what this is. I I've done something. I'm in purgatory. I don't think we have to get into a discourse about that because I think everyone had the exact same reaction at the exact same moment. Official Mammonberg <laughs> thumbs down. Next yeah. I think what, I, I think you have privatization given me, bad. You have given me a theory, Josiah, that I don't think that any of you are actually real. I think that this is I am in hell right now. This is that this is what this is. I mean that would this explain is, uh, why I torture you so vehemently. That's what it is. You're a de- you are a demon torturing me for for some sin that I don't even know that I did. This is what this is what it is okay. Alright, no, I I know now. Okay. Hey hey, Jackal, have you ever seen uh, Field of Dreams? <laughs> I have not, no. Okay, well, there's a line in it that's, uh, he goes, you know, I- am I in heaven? And then someone goes, no, you're in Iowa. Well, I'm going to do the, <laughs> oh, uh, God the opposite oh, here. God. The opposite here. Jackal, am, am, am I in hell? No, you're in Iowa. That's right. It's an Iowa update with Josiah. <laughs> no, no. Oh, God. God, guys! Yeah, I found bad. a guy. Do you guys? Do you guys want to get into an a guy? I found a guy. You <laughs> corn-fed motherfucker! Who's the guy you found? <laughs> okay, uh, his name is Todd Erzin, and uh, I I have decided that I want to make him an official enemy of Mammonberg. <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't don't tell me he's going to be my nemesis because I don't have one. Oh, he's already had a mind. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, okay how do uh, let's let's rewind a tad all right so there's a guy there's a guy from uh from iowa who has gone on to be a blaze tv guy named steve dace um someone who works within that blaze tv show is a guy named todd erzin he is a iowa conservative figure uh and the most intense wife guy in the world which will make sense in a second uh he is a big, obviously, transphobic guy, big anti-CRT guy, all that good stuff. And in the last few months, he has waded himself into uh, school board discourse, which is why I want to bring this up also, because as we will laugh at this guy. But this is also a look into what's going on in small town school boards throughout the country. This is a case study. Ooh. It's micro history, right? Okay. Todd Erzin's uh, wife uh, ran for school board in last November. Um, let me see if I can find it. For uh, So Warren County ran for the school board in a small town called Carlisle. That's a little bit out of, uh, out of Des Moines. And she lost uh, fair and square to someone named uh, Hillary Gardner, who um, I, I believe I've met Hillary Gardner. She's, she's actually really nice. 
if if she is who I'm thinking she is, I I met her uh, during BLM because she's like this sweet middle-aged woman that came and helped us when we were bailing everyone out of jail from protesting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, very sweet. She has a uh, queer child. Uh, I'm not sure how the child identifies, so I'm just going to say that. And um, she, uh, you know, it, it, she is the sweetest person in the world. We like a bunch of bunch of protester punks had to ask her. She asked if we could get of anything. She could get us anything from the gas station. And we all sheepishly asked for cigarettes. And it was the first time she'd ever bought a pack of cigarettes in her life. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, so anyway, people love her. People think she's great. And uh, Todd Erzin's wife, Jill Erzin, lost to her. Todd Erzin was not happy about this. Of course he wasn't. Because, right. you know, Hillary would be a, a pro-queer, pro-CRT, school board member, uh, school director. And so he began a very long Twitter harassment campaign in wow. which he would start tagging Hillary, another person that works at the school, and the school district in pretty much every news story with the word pedophile in it, accusing them of being pedophiles, and pretty much anything. He he was several times a day tagging them, DMing them, and then it sounds like he was doing some in-person kind of harassment stuff, too. And to the point that the school had to call the cops on him over this. And he, delicious, delicious. So, yeah, to af- abide by the cops, he no longer tags Hillary or the other, you know, uh, officials directly. But he still, if you scroll through his Twitter, uh, which is Dace Online, D-E-A-C-E Online, uh, he just tags the Carlisle School District ever, like on just random things and, you know, freaks out about their... Their libraries having, you know, books that are okay with gay kids in them. Um, guy is insane. And I will say, to give him credit, the man is keeping chivalry alive. Because I would not do that if my wife lost a school board election. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, like, completely obsessed. Very good. It's so, very so weird. Are you saying that this is, a, this is a conservative wife guy? This is what the right-wing yes. wife guy looks like. This is what the right-wing wife guy looks like. And also father of course his daughter is an athlete who wrote a piece uh she i think she just graduated high school or she's in school high school but she submitted a piece to the des moines register about why we shouldn't let trans kids into sports (sighs) and her classmates in high school were like yeah this is homophobic this is transphobic whatever on their personal Instagram pages. And Todd went and found their personal Instagram stories, screenshotted them and put them on his public profile to send a bunch of weird conservative people after a child, like children. That feels illegal. That feels like that's illegal. I I feel that that, like, I don't know if there's a law in the books about that, but there's my gut reaction is, is that that is, that's a crime. Yeah, yeah no, so that, he's definitely sending them over to harass them. Yeah, he is. And everybody in the replies, this is the thing. I We have a bunch of weird antisocial lefty followers, right? I, right. I think that's fair. And we love you. We love all of you. We, we love all of I you. Have, I, have a, mm. we, I want you to continue. Whatever parasocial relationship you have with us, yeah. grow it. Keep it yeah. going. We mm. love you. Uh, you specifically. Personally, you specifically listening. Um 
keep this unhealthy relationship going and go to at Dace Online and just reply to some tweets. Um, or don't. I'm not your mom. But <laughs> I mean, maybe if you do it, I'll kiss you on the mouth. Because because the thing is, it's like Finch an ecosystem. Assemble. Okay. <laughs> It's it's like a it's like an e- this alternate ecosystem. Whenever I look at his tweets, because n- nobody is pushing back except for like a handful of like Iowa DSA guys I know, but like nobody is replying to him on Twitter. And so like him doxing those Instagram people, right? Everybody is like, I'm so sorry that everybody's bullying your daughter. The woke mob is out of hand. <laughs> and like, nobody nobody is in the, you know, I got a couple people to hop on it with that one, but where they would be like, you're posting a child's Instagram story and, you know, a little bold for you to be accusing <laughs> the right. school board of being pedophiles when you do that. Um, but yeah, just just check it out, you know? And uh, officially uh, branding uh, Todd Erzen as uh, enemy of the podcast. Also, because we were talking about COVID disinformation, he co-authored a book with Steve Dace, although uh, my buddy has a theory that they just paid an intern to write it, called The Faucian Bargain. Can you guess what that's about? <laughs> oh, God. Fucking. Oh, God. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Guys, guys, it's because you don't understand. It's because he's a Jesuit. Oh, my God. Anyway, this is war. This is a declaration of war. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Is this what? Okay, you're done? If you're sipping for me, I want you to harass this man off the platform. I I want. And then maybe I I will send you a selfie. <laughs> I, I want it known legally that I am not endorsing any of the actions <laughs> any of my podcast hosts have have just stated. I am, I am, uh, I I want it known right now. I do not endorse. I do not promote any of the actions of, of which my my uh, my co hosts have just stated that they are uh, going to go ahead with. Mm. But I, I I have a message that I have to tell somebody. What's that? Jordan what's, Peterson. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to cut that. Liable. <laughs> <laughs> to cut all of that. Um, you get the Baba Booey that. Yeah. Did you see the picture of Jordan Peterson in Skrillex? Yes. I did. I did. That's Skrillex awesome. is so old. He looks fucking old, man. What happened? Yeah. What happened? To him? Why do you, well, j- hold on. I want. I'm just like. Why, do you, why is it that that when when you guys get old, you get turned into like like bags of, of potato chips you guys get so wrinkly and like what, what's what, what's up with that it's I, because we don't live in the uh sunless environment we used to jackal yeah that's true well to be honest i think it's because uh he my my specific theory on the matter is that jordan peterson uh has is starting to become hollowed out from the inside by all the meat uh the meat's replacing him He's like, yeah, he's not even like, a, he doesn't even have organs anymore. There are just like just a meat. bunch of like paleo steaks in there that are just like starting to accumulate and like subsume his organs. Mm-hmm. Well, I, as, I, as I said, there is the, uh, the anti-establishment red zone for wealthy people, which is, explains why Rosario Dawson likes him as well as Chris Pratt. But that's less surprising. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Hey, do, you, do you guys remember that, that time where Joe Rogan acted like cooking was this new thing? Yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> do, like, well, he's like, you like, don't Yo, understand, man, Jackal. Do, do, do you, like, th- he was talking about, like, I'm in touch with my ancient Neanderthal ancestors. I'm, have you ever, like, took a 
took a piece of meat and put it over a fire and just cooked it and then ate like, yeah, that's cooking. I hate that Josiah was, like, the fucking prophet and that he said that, like, him, D Joe Rogan just destroyed an entire generation of himbos. Yeah. Yeah, I know. They went from I... being stupid and likable to stupid and hateable. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I do. Yeah. Hold on. Before we go, I want to quickly talk about the dude that Josiah brought up, because I feel that we should at least somewhat <laughs> think. Okay, I, right. I think... I think aside from Josiah's uh, apparently your your call to war, this is your declaration. This is yeah. Josiah's personal declaration. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had this declaration of war against this guy for a long time. I, so. I have, but the problem is, this is why I'm doing it on the podcast now. One is because he's he's just it's getting more and more irritating to me. But the other reason is because I know that this is an insular Iowa politics thing. So every time I quote tweet him and like rail on him, nobody really hops on because I think they just don't know what's going on and i and i get that but that's why i'm filling you all in <laughs> okay well, is, i'm filled in, filling in I'm, the... I'm phil <laughs> phil i i hate you a lot i want you to know that i i really hate hate you hate love you. me jackal you wouldn't you wouldn't have a several hours long conversation about Candyman if you didn't love me that's true that's very true uh he might be I, I, subhuman but you do love him yeah, I, I might I be a horrible little creature. I I think so. This guy does sound like someone who doesn't have, like he. Number one, nice family. Your wife is a, a running uh, as a, like a, a presumably she's like an anti CRT school board person. Yeah. Uh, you he himself works for the fucking Blaze Media, and his daughter wrote an op-ed into the local paper about why trans people should be athletes. Nice family you got going there, buddy. Um, <laughs> real, real nice family. Uh, second, I think we could all say this man is definitely not, uh, not, not going to heaven. I think we can say that. <laughs> no, he's not going to heaven. I, I think, I, I, sir, if you listen to this podcast, I want you to know, uh, God does not love you. <laughs> This yeah. could be heaven or this could be well, hell. The, the, uh, yeah, these three Iowa, don't baby. believe in purgatory. So That's no, the, I don't. I don't believe in pur. I believe that 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 what you will be redeemed, sir, one day. But it will well, be hell after, is a kind after, of purgatory after, for us. Yeah, yeah. Hell is it? Hell is just purgatory. I believe that you that one day you will be redeemed. After it's just going to take long, a, will be in hell. It's going to take a nice little journey through the the cosmic fryer. Yeah, uh, I believe God. Does, I, I want this to be known. God does not love you. He doesn't love your wife. He doesn't love your daughter. <laughs> he doesn't love any of you. That could be fixed. I just want though. everyone to know that you suck. Uh, you in particular, you suck. I don't know you. who you are, but y you are sucking because you dislike. You like this guy. He's all like, ooh, well, uh, yeah, and then he, like, you know, dances around like a little clown, and uh, you I, kick him in I, the nuts I, because you just hate him so much. I think that you should find you should find a new hobby, because this is sad. This seems to be a, this is something that, that indicates that there's something deeply wrong with you if this is just something that you're going to get latched well, onto uh, for the longest time, because your wife lost, so your wife lost. Your wife lost. Do you know what that means, buddy? Do you know what this all means? It means that people don't agree with you. I think that that's what it is. You don't want to feel like a fucking weirdo. You don't want to feel like like you're the outlier because of your opinions. But I'm sorry you are. And God doesn't love you because of that. God doesn't love you because of what you believe. 
I can't explain to you the the react had a couple days ago because up until this point I thought it was that his wife got kicked off of a school board and although it would still be batshit I would understand more of the vendetta and then when I actually looked into it and found out it was that she lost the election fair and square yeah well I mean like for another hobby that he could do is making these cool all he's got to do is pour uh Fitch, do you want to get us arrested? I killed Josiah with that. That was really good. Yeah, you're about to give him. Josh, shut the fuck. No, stop, Josiah. I'm gonna beg you right now to cut that out. That was the funniest Mammenberg thing to ever believe, happen. Believe it. Believe as much as you can, please. Okay, okay, okay. One thing I also just discovered that's really funny and shows you how deranged he is, is I'm fairly sure the Carlisle School uh, changed their Twitter at so that he would stop doing this. Oh. That's really funny. And he is still linking the old one, so if you click on the people that he's tagging in, like, three posts a day, Mm -hmm. it goes to, this account doesn't exist. (laughs) So he's just... That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I have. Oh, I want to. You know what we should do? We should bring him out to the podcast. I, I think we should bring him, him on. We yeah. should bring I him on. I want to talk to him. I. I, don't, yeah. I haven't talked to someone who God doesn't love. I need to. I, we need to experience <laughs> that. Yes. Yeah. The. The. Uh, what can only be described as the. Uh, the distance and uh, apathy of our beloved creator and. Uh, what is it? God. I, I need to know what it's like to for for a person for for him to know that Jesus didn't die for him. <laughs> Well, I mean, he could meet him soon if he, you know, tried to make those, uh, I just... Oh, for God, shut <laughs> no. And on that note, Phil, why don't you close us out? Baba Booey that bit. <laughs> so, you're being ushered out of the, the Kingpin, uh, Joe Rogan's office. One by one, uh, Finch is pushed out of her hospital bed down a flight of stairs, obviously. <laughs> Uh, thunking all the way down, but, like, completely rigid, like she's made of rock. Uh, that's impressive, but I digress. It's, it's the rigor mortis, folks. But, (laughs) as you're leaving his office, he he shouts, uh, something like, uh, an incoherent garble and says, Uh, duh, it's the Batman! And, uh, obviously Batman jettisons through the window and, like, kicks his ass. Uh, very good stuff all around, folks. And the police are interviewing us one by one, and they're asking for our thoughts. And what does everybody have to say tonight? Uh, Jackal, what do you... What, well, let's start with you. How, how are you feeling? Well, you know, I learned a lot this episode. Uh, we, we had a good discussion about <laughs> about uh, that, that Batman thug, what his thoughts about politics are, and how uh, the mainstream media is ultimately culpable. You know, you, you're, you learned a lot. You learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. We talked about... Uh, we talked about a guy who I, I didn't know that that uh you know for I'm a universalist I I believe all, like you know everyone will be safe. It's interesting to know that there is one human being who really is not who God does not love. In fact, I think you could say that God despises. It's really I think that God loves Satan more than he loves this man. I, it's amazing, really. Uh, it's I, I, I you learn you know what's the the great part about being a, t- a tour guide on Mavenberg. I learned with you. It's, it's, this has been really great. 
where can they follow you? Oh yeah, you can follow me uh, on uh, on Twitter.com, the that hell site that we all can't escape uh, at Jackal Jester, where I, uh, I I talk about eh, I talk about whatever. Oh, then most recently, I guess my my thing is I'm going to be really annoying about Black History Month. That's that's hell my yeah. thing now. Um, and uh, I guess as soon as Twitter does their article thing, I'm going to write uh, an article about the truth of Yakub. <laughs> And let's see. Uh, well, how's Josiah feeling after this whole debacle? I'm feeling great. You can follow. Uh, you, you can follow me at Josiah W Sutton on Twitter, and uh, you could uh, give look at my Substack. I have a Substack, and I am announcing that I am starting a new podcast, which I've talked about online a bit. And the new first episode of that should be out by the time this comes out. The show is called Fruitless, and I've got a fun little conversation with Josh Christensen of Odds Place about the Midwest. Uh, so check that out. Wow, I can't believe that um, Josiah is a is a stacked sub. Uh, that I wasn't expecting that, but <laughs> there you go, folks. Also. T- Yes. Okay, cut that and bit out. No. Let's revisit Finch. <laughs> I'm currently being zipped into a body bag. The body bag, like, st- sits up at a 90 degree angle and uh, unzips to show my rigid skeletal features. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, yeah, no, this was a very enlightening conversation, I think. Um, very nice. Uh, and I. I <laughs> Please do not try any uh, thing I recommended at home. Uh, you can follow me at Finch O'War on Twitter. I just started a Substack, uh, JDR Chickadee, where I will be talking about information, faith, and other things. So, uh, yeah, give it a read. I just published my first article two days ago. Nice. I can't help but now, like with that, with your et, that I'm thinking that it's it's uh, that it's um, chickadee from from it's always sunny in Philadelphia now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to go with the bird theme. So you do, you do, you do. Phil, Phil, Phil. Uh, uh, I have to say something. Oh, uh, let's see. So uh, I'm currently right now I'm in the Daredevil costume. Uh, I was going to beat the shit out of Joe Rogan, but like, you know, he got those sick MMA moves uh, and Batman <laughs> beat me to it. Uh, real depressing night for everyone involved, especially the aspiring journa- journalist I am. Um, no, you're a journalist, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a eugenicist. Um, I think no, that's correct. No, you're no, Italian. No, 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 no. That's true. <laughs> he is ethnically uh, fascist. Me. You can find me at CryptoDirector uh, on Twitter.com, uh, in your DMs, in that guy's DMs, bothering him and uh, threatening to uh, lick his toes until he cries <laughs> in uh, unrelenting agony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the show, folks. That's the show. <laughs> Bye, that's the show. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, everybody. You are dead on Is this heaven? It's Iowa. Iowa?
Let's do a cold open. Okay. Door it's cold, cold and I'm open for anything. <laughs> you want to know how I feel about Turkish people? Oh! Okay, let's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the cold open. <laughs>